Um, let's just pray. Father, we, we're so grateful. We're just so grateful, Father, for your wonderful kindness and faithfulness to us. Many of us have served you, Lord, for decades and see the uh, myriads of times, uh, Father, that we exist alone by your grace. And so, Father, tonight, Lord, we come with great gratitude in our hearts. And, Father, I pray that Holy Spirit, our wonderful friend, will move upon every heart in this building tonight, Father, Lord, not only with greater hunger for the encounter that we talked of, but, Father, uh, a hunger to do what you called them to do. And, Father, a faith, an audacious faith that will empower them to say yes and to obey. So, Father, we ask for a genuine work of your Holy Spirit in our hearts tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you weren't here this morning, uh, we talked about the uh, transformational potential of a supernatural encounter with God. That moment when God invades our world and suddenly that which was impossible yesterday becomes a potential for a possessed reality tomorrow. And we talked about an encounter with God's heart and the power of the Holy Spirit that fundamentally changes who we are and therefore what we are capable of. And I'm going to pick up further on that phrase uh, tonight because I believe this, that um, for every spiritual encounter, there is always two objectives in the heart of God. And we get a hold of one sometimes, but we miss the other. And the obvious one is that God is calling us into a personal relationship. God is calling us into a place of personal empowerment. God is calling us into a place of greater intimacy with his heart, a revelation of his fatherhood, a revelation that we are his son, we are his daughter, and that we can live in such incredible relationship with him and daily know his presence and person. And so number one, that will always be my father's pr primary objective because he's after sons and daughters. But I also want to say tonight that it is also equally true that for every divine intervention, every divine encounter, every time, divine spiritual supernatural moment, God has also got in mind a commission. We have a mission impossible. Why do I say that? I'm not trying to be cute with a word. I'm saying that God actually, well, you see, you can go through your life actually doing what you are gifted to do, abilities to do, training to do, you know you can do. But oh, I want to tell you something, my friends, don't, don't ever settle for that. You're called to do that which you cannot do. That's what makes us different to the ones down the road. They have gods made of brick and stone, but we have a living God who's supernatural. And, and so often we, we, we don't give him the opportunity to be supernatural because we're so convinced that we can do it ourselves. And the reason for the supernatural encounter, my friends, is, is greater intimacy with God's heart, but it is also that we be empowered for the commission that he's placed upon our lives. We're called to, I put it up here, if the objective of encounter is commission. And my friends, here's where the tragedy lies. And I've been in this now preaching, what, 53 years 
And I've seen movements come and go. I've seen rivers start and finish. I, I, I have seen uh, visitations, miraculous and amazing. And where are they today? And I, I come to and I ask my father about it one time because it troubled me. And, and I want to answer that question tonight. Because God has an objective. Does God want you to be blessed? Oh, yes. Does God want you to be overwhelmed with his person, his presence, his beauty, and his power? Yes, 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 yes. But does he also want you to stand up and obey the commission of God? This is not a democracy. This is, this is not some sort of self-help situation. This is not a, a personal uh, where I make up my own mind what I do with my life. We have preached so much about Jesus as Savior, and indeed we should, that we forgot to preach Him as Lord. When God took over my life, I didn't, I, this wasn't my fire escape from hell. It was Him laying upon me a divine commission. If I say that I love my Father, and I do, then I will listen to His voice. And I will do what He says to do. My friends, there's only one reason I'm alive. After all I've been through over the years, and Pastor Dark knows about some of that, but I'll tell you what, there's only reason why I'm vertical tonight and loving life is because I've learned the simplicity of living this life. That's intimacy with my Father's heart and then the courage to do what he says. My friends, I, I think we need to answer this question. Because I brought you to a place of encounter this morning. And I pray that will be your experience. But here's the question. Does receiving the transformation, impartation of that supernatural encounter, does that then ensure the completion of the mission God has called you to and has empowered you by that encounter to do? Of course, the short answer is no. You see, my friends, we are, once we've had a spiritual encounter with God, we are now empowered for the task. We, 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 are, we are now supernaturally enabled for the task. But, but friends, the, the gap in between is your obedience. The, back, the gap in between is when you stand up and actually do what he's now empowered you to do. You see, the power of our encounter must be matched by the abandoned obedience to the commission. Because if it doesn't, you see, it always will take your obedience. It will always take faith. It will always take that scary moment where you step off into uh, total trust and dependence on your Father's goodness. It will always take that. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, I want to tell you what happens when it doesn't. Because I've watched it too many times over the years, and I believe God is calling this church into a, a new quantum leap forward. I said this morning, and I believe it's got a lot to do with the supernatural, and I believe it's got a lot to do with global mission and global conquest. I believe it's got a lot to do with you becoming, every single one of you becoming instruments of redemptive love to mankind. And my friends, listen to me, God's not calling you to do what you can do. He's calling you to do only that which you only can do by his empowerment. By the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But the Holy Spirit comes upon you for purpose. Yeah. 
In Ezekiel chapter 47, we won't turn to it, but we have the story of the river of God flowing out from the throne, the presence, the temple of God. And, 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 and it says, wherever the river of God, of course, speaking to us of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said it would be rivers. The Holy Spirit would become rivers. And wherever the Holy Spirit flows, Ezekiel 47 said, there will be healing and deliverance and a multitude of blessing and, and incredible stuff happening. And then the, a multitude of fish will be reaped into the kingdom. It's a glorious chapter of healing and power and miracles. And right in the middle of it is verse 11. And it just says this, but. It says, but it's swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be turned into salt as the judgment of God. And I remember asking the Lord one day, and I said, woo, in the middle of all this incredible healing, blessing, and revival, uh, the same river, not another one, the same river that brought healing and prosperity and blessing and harvest, the same river. Death, disease, and mosquitoes and swamps. Now get your head around that for a second. And I said, Father, that doesn't seem right. He says, doesn't it? And he reminded me when I was a 16-year-old, 19-year-old, I'd just come to Jesus and I was so thrilled and excited about coming to Jesus. And I was out to every meeting I could get out to. Man alive, if they even looked like they were going to have a meeting, I'd be there. I was in every single meeting, and I was under the spout where the glory came out. I was going to be there no matter what. And, and week after week, month after month, I was just soaking it in and soaking it in and soaking it in. And then I'd go back to my little flattened, Ponsonby at the time and realizing the incredible contradiction that still existed in my personal life. Weak, anemic, failure-ridden human being and I said desperately one night, I said, my God, I don't understand this. Uh, I am out to everything that twitches. I am... I, 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 I am... <laughs> I'm, I am at every single meeting, Father. What's the problem? And immediately I saw a vivid picture that all these decades later is still as vivid in my mind. And it came to me this afternoon when I was just spending time with Father and I'm taking extra time tonight, but, but that, don't forget about it, just forget it. Oh, glory, I'm in heaven. The clock back there. She says, zero, zero, zero. <laughs> There's no countdown. I'm here till midnight. Glory! <laughs> no, not really. But I, I, I actually cried out and said, what's the problem? And he showed me this vivid picture. And there was this river just, and I didn't know anything about Ezekiel 47 or anything like that. I was just a brand new Christian. I saw this river pouring down, and it was glorious and sparkling and rapids and fantastic. And it plunged over the edge, and as it plunged down the side of the hill, it carved out 
a, a hole were, and got rid of all the debris and the rocks and the muck and, and it was swirling around. I said, oh, yes, Lord. That's what happened when you saved me. That's what happened when you filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's when the anointing came and that's exactly. And then the Lord grabbed me by the hand and lead, uh, took me away and then brought me back. Now, it was only a few seconds in my mind, but I knew he was talking about the space of time and the 10 months that had gone past. And as we looked at that river, the river had slowed right down to almost nothing and the water in the pool was stagnant and green. You wouldn't want to swim in it, I tell you. And I said, Father, that's exactly what I feel like on the inside. But why? Why? What's the answer? And as soon as I said, what's the answer? I saw this, I still can see it. This massive fist came out of heaven and went boof into the side of that lagoon and just carved a hole in it and the water began to pour down the hill towards its destination. And as the water poured down the hill out of the lagoon, the river developed again and built force again until finally when I was watching, the water was pouring into this lagoon, swirling around and pouring out at exactly the same rate as it was pouring in. And I looked at the water and it was crystal clear and vibrant and alive. And I've never forgotten my father's voice. He says, my spirit is a river, not a lagoon. My friends, listen to me. What has brought down movement after movement after movement in the last 50 years is because we take the blessing of God. We take the river of God. We take the anointing of God. We take the encounters of God and we just... And which, of course, we're called to. We're supposed to. That's what he's hungering for us to do. But then we go for the next one. And then we go for the next one. And then we go for the next one. And all the time he's saying, but what about the mission? What about the mission? What about the mission? What about the destination for the river? When are you going to let it flow through you? When are you going to stop being a depository? When are you going to be a life-giving force to the community? When are you going to allow what I gave you that for to take place my friends the book of acts was all about god anointing them in the power of the holy ghost but why that they might be transformation in nations that thousands would come to christ we're called to be channels we're called to be dispensers not depositories but we must embrace our commission. But I'll tell you this, that the foundation of obedience, that kind of obedience, is trust. And I, I think it boils down to about two things, really. Oh, I trust him as my father, but under that, two things. Number one, I've got to trust my father that what he says in his word about who he has made me to be, I am. Yeah. Now, Pastor Ark was quoting scriptures. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Greater is he that's within me. I, I, I've got to trust that. I've got to trust that I am the supernaturally empowered person that God has made me to be. Two, I've got to believe, I've got to trust that my father will be with me every day of my life. 
that he will be 24-7 faithful uh, and that he will be never, ever abiding with me and that all the spiritual authority, the provision, the power that I need to get the job done will be there because my Father will be there. You take a look at, we talked about Moses this morning. He had an incredible burning bush encounter, supernatural encounter. He was transformed on the spot to have the supernatural capacity to lead a nation from being a shepherd. All of that took place. But my friends, I'm telling you now, nothing would have happened. There still had to be the moment when he believed. When he said, okay, I'm in. There still had to be that moment when he sat off down that road with nothing but a staff in his hand to confront the most powerful ruler in the world of his day. That was scary. But you had to be that moment when you crossed over the line of not only being available, but of being obedient. You know, what I love is this. When in Exodus 3.11, when Moses said to God, who am I <laughs> that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? You know, those words leapt out at me. Uh, who am I? Who am I? In other words, you're saying, are you kidding? I'm a dust and sheep shepherd. Who am I to confront the greatest ruler on the planet? Who am I? And I love what God said to him in verse 12. So God says to him, I will certainly be with you. Settle it. I will be with you. And what was the Lord actually saying to him? He was saying this. It's my commission. And therefore, it's my authority you will carry. Who you are is not that significant. It's who I am that counts. And if I commission you, then my authority rests on you. You're not going in your ability. You're going in mine. Moses. You now can do the impossible. Why? Because you walk under divine command. Then there's a plate guy we didn't go to this morning for time's sake, but Gideon in chapter 6, you know, you, you've got this intimidated farmer, young fella, and God transforms him into becoming a leader of a nation as well. But I love what, when you read that story, when God initially calls him, he says, you know, you're going to do this and this and this and this. And Gideon says, oh, you got the wrong man. you got the wrong man. I am the least in my father's house. My father's house is the least in the tribe. My tribe is the least in Israel. Are you kidding? I am the least of the least of the least. I am the worm, God. Don't you get the point? And God answers him in Judges 6 verse 14. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. Have you ever considered what the might was? Because it certainly wasn't in Gideon. Go in this, this, this might. Go in this might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of midnight. Have I not sent you? What was his might in the knowledge that have I not sent you? That was the, my, your authority, your might, your access to the miraculous, your, your appointment with the angelic hosts on your behalf, it's all going to happen, not because of you, because of me. 
Your authority lies in my commission. You know, you think of the disciples. <laughs> what a bunch of misfits. And really, I mean, just some of the conversations alone, you wonder how on earth Jesus let them into the pack. And, then, and yet, they perform miracles and worldwide are incredible. And what it came down to, Matthew 28, 20 says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. My friends, there comes a moment when we come under not only the salvation of God, but the command of God. And I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus was saying, my person, my power, my undisputed spiritual authority and command is with you always. As long as you're doing what I've asked you to do. As long as you're saying what I asked you to say. Luke 10, 19, he said, if, if, you, if you obey the commission, if you do what I called you to do, then behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. My friends, I have seen this miraculously in my own life countless times when the human reality of that moment said that I could not possibly do what God was asking. But the moment I said, Father, I'm not dependent on me. I'm not dependent on whether I can do it. I'm dependent on whether you can do it. And you step out under divine command and simple obedience and miraculous things start to happen. My friends, everybody wants the fruit of a miracle, but not too many actually want to position themselves for a miracle. Everybody wants to walk on water. That's never been the question. Who wants to get out of the boat? <laughs> you see, and people, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that we preach about miracles, we read books about miracles, we talk about miracles, and yet most of the church works as hard as it possibly can to ensure that they never need a miracle. We, we put that many safeguards around our lives and we're so safe and secure within our, our own management. My friends, you're living half a life. The more dependent you are, the more wonder it becomes. So, having a clue where I'm up to. But let me say this to you. The authority that you're under determines the authority you carry. It's not your authority. It's not mine. It's his. It's his. And to the degree, I have learned this, that to the, to the degree that I am under the authority of the Christ, I will carry the authority of the Christ. And the moment I say yes to his commission with a pure heart, I no longer walk under my authority. I walk under his authority. And my friends, listen to me, every demon in hell knows that. He, he, you know, Satan himself is scared stiff that you might one day believe that. That when you step out of the closet, when you step out of that spiritual encounter, you're no longer just you. You're now supernaturally empowered, but even greater than that, you now have supernatural authority. You have divine given authority. When you walk out that door, every demon in hell knows that you're carrying the indisputable authority of the Christ upon your life. Why would you swap that kind of a life for something that is safe and secure? 
trouble is with that clock, oh yes, I can still read. But you see, where did I, the authority under determines the authority you can carry. Where did I get that from? Matthew chapter 8. When the centurion came to see Jesus, he said, uh, oh, it's all up there, but that's right. You see, he said to him, you know, you don't have to say anything, do it, come. You just have to speak a word. Just speak a word and my servant will be healed. Why? And what insight this man had. He said, because I too am a man under authority. And because I'm under authority, I have authority. And he says, Jesus, I recognize something going on here. You are under the authority of God. Therefore, you can speak on his behalf. You have authority to speak. And my friends, I love that Jesus does then. He stands back and he says, whoa, I finally found somebody on the planet that understands how my kingdom works. Bearing in mind that he had three years with his disciples <laughs> and they still hadn't cottoned on. He said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And that included all of them. What was so simple about it? Or that Roman centurion knew that the command that you're under, the authority that you're under determines the authority that you carry. Your submission is what empowers you. Your obedience is what empowers you. And my question to you tonight is, whose authority are you going to live life under? Or do you want to live life under your own rather human, vulnerable, and hopelessly flawed authority? Or do you want to live under the authority of the risen Christ and start living a truly miraculous life? Oh, my friends, this morning we came to a place of personal encounter and we cried out and were hungry. And I, and I pray that you will live the rest of your life hungry for God, hungry for the divine encounter, hungry for the Holy Ghost, hungry for the supernatural. But tonight I also want to uh, put together with that, the, because if I didn't, I would be irresponsible, that that commission of God must be fulfilled. You are not an accident going somewhere to happen. My friend, listen to me. I'm not talking about two or three people on the front row. I'm actually talking about you. Now, you can live life thinking, oh, well, this is what I'm, this is what life has made me to be. This is who I am. This is what I do. And I guess that's fine. I'm not called to be a preacher. I'm not called to be an evangelist. What's that got to do with anything? You're called to be a son. You're called to be a daughter. There is no higher calling. A friend of mine, Winky Prattley, has uh, written, I haven't read it yet, but has written apparently a very powerful thing in which he has gone through every single vocation and job that a human's possible to have. And he's gone to the scripture and he's found where God was the first one of those. He was the first lawyer, first accountant, first mathematician, the first, 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 the first builder, the first creator, the first architect, the first, and, and what he did that for was because he wanted every single individual person to suddenly wake up, regardless of what my vocation is, regardless of what my calling is, it is God impregnated, and somehow God can use what my vocation is in life to empower the people around me, to represent Jesus, to bring redemption, somehow my life can radiate the fact that I've had an encounter. 
And what I feel to close with tonight and maybe is five lies. I want to hit five lies that prevent a person coming to a spiritual encounter, an empowerment, and a supernatural breakthrough and commission. And here they are. Listen well. Lie number one is not for everyone. God just has favorites, you know. I can see it's for them, but it's just not for everyone. My friends, that's a lie. That's a lie because the promise of the Holy Spirit is to everybody that hungers and thirsts. Lie number two. Well, I have to be content with who life has made me to be. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are now new. I never even finished high school. And yet I've spoken to business leaders and commerce leaders with so many digits after their name, they have to have two business cards to hold it up. <laughs> Has nothing to do with it. You never have to settle for what or who life has made you to be. We're talking about a supernatural encounter that transforms you forever. Lie number three. Well, I guess it's your calling that determines the degree to which you can experience the miraculous. I mean, some people are called to where they have to have the miraculous and others don't. It's a lie. Because you see, it doesn't matter whether you're a carpenter, a bricklayer, a student, an apostle, or a janitor. It doesn't make any difference because God is only ever going to respond to humility and hunger. So, so if you can qualify under humility and hunger and abandoned obedience, you're in for a visitation of God and your life can become supernatural. Number four, oh, this is a baddie. I am able to cope with life myself. Uh, after all, I've had my life commission, I'm in the church, and, and now with all my intelligence and training, I can do life really well by myself. Oh, I want God to anoint it occasionally, that would be nice. But I know that I can handle life. Oh, what a lie. And that deception will doom you to the limitations of your humanity for the rest of your life. If you want to live a supernatural life, you have to have supernatural encounter. Number five, the opposite to that. I will never be good enough to experience such an encounter. My friend, that is really a lie. Because God's invitation to you tonight is exactly as you are. That is the measure of his love and his forgiveness and his grace. You say, oh, I, you don't know what I did last week. I don't have to. You don't know what kind of person I mean, I don't have to. My, my father reaches down to, to everybody from the millionaire to the pauper. He reaches down from the, the nice guy that helps kids across the street and to, to, to the destitute who, who's beaten up his wife for 16 years. My God's redemption and his love is not limited by anything in your past. He's only limited by your availability tonight. I tell you why God loves you. 
And my God has a divine commission for you. My God has a supernatural life for you to live. But you have to cross a certain line. Unconditional availability. Unconditional availability. Where you don't just take him on as Savior, but you take him on as Savior and Lord. And when he becomes truly Lord, oh, my friends, the commission that he can place upon you will change your world. Change your world. On our website, which has just been all redone, it's full of resources and free material and inspiration and prophetic and all sorts of stuff. I tell you what, please go visit there. But there's one of the books there called, uh, and I think I brought it here last time, it's called You Did What? Remember that book? You Did What? And I know it's a strange title, but that's because everybody that reads it reads about the first four pages and says, you did what? You know, and it's full, just filled with incredible stories over the last 50 years of how my father has broken through miraculously in my life and what I learned from that. It will increase your faith. It will increase your audacious obedience. My friends, you need to cross a line tonight. You want to be a people of the supernatural? You want to be a people of encounter? Yes, yes, yes. Let the river flow in. Let the river flow in. Get hungry for the river, both individually and corporately as a church. Hunger for the river and the presence of God. Hunger for it. And then from that place of encounter, say yes. My father, speak with me. Give me my commission. Tell me what I am doing. Father, I'm on this planet to change the planet. I'm on in that environment to change the environment. I'm in that vocation to see it transformed. I'm in that family to see it transformed. I'm in that part of the culture to see it transformed. My father, I don't want to go to heaven like a bump in a log waiting until Jesus comes. I want to stride in before my king and hear him say, oh, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I put you on the planet to do. So how many are willing to cross the line tonight? Well, you say, well, I'm already Christian. So am I. I'm not talking about that. I said yes this morning to a spiritual encounter. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about scary, abandoned, unqualified obedience. Are you willing to say, God, whatever you ask me to do, whatever you ask me to walk away from, whatever you ask me to embrace, I will unconditionally do it. Because if that is who you are, the supernatural life just flows out of it because it comes out of obedience. So who's willing to cross that line tonight? Because if it's you, you can stand right now and say, Father, count me in. But don't do it unless it's real. <laughs> unless you're willing to say, unconditional, Father, you ask it, I'm going to do it. It's scary, but I'll tell you what, it's a way to live life. Lived that way for 53 years, and I'm telling you now, I would never swap it for any other kind of life on the planet. My father is faithful. My father is faithful. Let me pray for you. Father, this tonight, Lord, we, oh, we recognize the 
the incredible privilege and honor that it is to be called to be part of the most glorious thing this world has ever seen. Your church triumphant, oh God, extending the kingdom with power and dominion in the nations of the world. And Father, in every workplace, in every family, in every street, in every calling, you have raised up these here in this building tonight to be your witness, to be your example, to be the one that you can shine through into that environment. And I pray, oh God, that over these next two or three days, such will be their hunger, such will be their abandon. My God, that they will live this life of supernatural encounter and they will see their world changed forever. Father, we give you alone the honor in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? amen? Again, I say, please visit the website. I'm not just trying to suck you in. I, I, we have gone to long, many, many days, hours and months, and a lot of money to make sure that this website will feed you, challenge you, inspire you, and encourage you to walk for God. Lord bless you.